Hi! Hello! Welcome. Have you heard the good news about seasonal depression? Uh, <laughs> so I am referring uh, not to. Oh, I'm yelling. I'm <laughs> turn down my mic a little bit. Oh, more. yeah, I'm really loud too. Boy, oh, boy, ski. That's a lot. Okay. I'm referring not to the medical sensation of seasonal depression or seasonal affective disorder or sad or whatever you want to call it. I'm referring instead to the Mary Lambert song from her album Happy Holidays called Seasonal Depression, which is all about self-care during the holidays because they can be a stressful time. They can Especially indeed. this year. I saw Happiest Season last night. I watched it with a friend. Tell me your thoughts. Um, You've seen it, right? I have seen the first 30 minutes and then I realized that for me personally, it was very triggering because of various relationships I have been in in the past. That's super, super valid. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cute. Um, it was just, it was, it's one of those movies. Oh my God. So happiest season. So happiest season. Um, I thought she should have ended up with Aubrey Plaza in the end. Um, cause basically there's this whole story, spoilers by the way, for the movie, in case you haven't seen it. Um, there's this whole story about how Aubrey Plaza was Mackenzie Davis's, whose name I'm forgetting, her first girlfriend in high school. Mm-hmm. And then um, they were, like, they'd left notes for each other in each other's lockers. Very cute. Um, and then, um, hold on, give me a second. Oh, and then somebody found one of their notes, and one of the notes from Aubrey Plaza's character, and exposed her, basically, for being gay, um, and then Yikes. Mackenzie Davis's character in high school lied about it and said that Aubrey Plaza was obsessed with her and she wasn't gay and all of that and didn't tell her parents. Her parents have no idea. Um, and so all of, there's all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And then in the end, uh, Mackenzie Davis's older sister, who's played by Allison Brie, sees them kissing um after they've gotten into like a little mini fight or something um and basically exposes her at a christmas party in front of her parents and her dad's her dad's running for mayor of their city and is not explicitly a republican but is a republican Mm -hmm. um and basically mckenna sloan played by allison brie says she's a lesbian and then in front of Kristen Stewart, she denies it and she says her sister's lying. And so, um, Kristen Stewart and Dan Levy leave the party and they go for a walk. Um, and they have a really, really great conversation that, the thing I appreciated about it is you could tell that queer people were involved in, like, a lot of the writing process, Mm -hmm. because they have this great conversation about, like, what did Kristen Stewart's parents, who died when she was 19, what did they do when she came out? And she said, they said they loved and supported me, and 
would always be my parents. And then Dan Levy says that his dad kicked him out of the house and didn't talk to him for 13 years. And he said everybody's coming out story is, everybody's story is different, but we all have things in common. It was really great. Mm -hmm. Um, And really did speak to like, I I was watching it with like a, with a straight person. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like crying because I, Mm -hmm. not that I, not that my parents cared Mm -hmm. when I came out, but it was the sort of like, I understand the feeling because it's, I, I, like, I get it. Um, and, and then she basically just says that she's going to leave and it, 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 there's nothing that, that Mackenzie Davis can do to fix it. And then Mackenzie Davis fixes it. And I was like, she should have ended up with Aubrey Plaza. Mm-hmm. They had such good chemistry together. But, you know, the the movie ends with them back together and it's very cute. It's nice. cheesy. It's a it's like a it's a Christmas movie. I mean, yeah. there's like I've heard I've heard various uh, opinions of it. It's not a staple of. It's not going to become like a classic of queer cinema. It's a gay Christmas movie. Yeah, I heard a lot of people felt that well, there was a good discussion of like coming out and when to come out and different receptions to coming out. One thing that a lot of people had an issue with was the um, the fact that it was, I mean, not for everybody, but for like a lot of people, especially people who had rough coming out or people who have dated people in the closet, it was very traumatic. Like, yeah, I can really, I can definitely which, see that. Like a gay Christmas movie that is sad but traumatic for a lot of gay people is kind of not with, yeah. like you don't you don't have christmas movies that feed on i guess there there are christmas movies that feed on straight people's trauma like sick grandparents or whatever but like yeah if you're yeah, making it for the gays and it's traumatic to like half of gay people yeah i definitely definitely see that a lot and a lot of the movie a lot of the moments in the movie and i think it was helped by the fact that I haven't had an experience of dating somebody in the closet or having a rough coming out mm-hmm. or anything like that. Uh, the only rough part about my coming out was the fact that my mom got mad that I didn't tell her before I posted it on Facebook. Incredible. <laughs> I think she's still bitter about it. Um, I think she said something along the lines of, like, I wanted to be the first to know. And I said, Mom, there was never a chance in hell you'd be the first to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no yeah. way. Anyway. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Oh, um, you know what else? What else? I'm Kat or Dylan, and I use they, them pronouns. Holy shit. Yeah, fuck. (laughs) We've been a little scrambled this episode. I'm Sophia, I use she, her pronouns. I also figured out what we're gonna do for the middle bit, because I was gonna say it for the beginning, for the introduction, and then I didn't. Oh, I wanted to tell you a story, um, before we got started. Um, okay. And I, I started this story and then I was like, I'm going to wait until we're on air. That's not the right word. Until um, <laughs> we're recording? Yeah. Um, my cat stole my wallet. The little rascal. Your so, cat reminds me of Baby Yoda in a, in a good way. Because Baby Yoda is a mon- He's a He's a monster. I love him, turn down my mic sensitivity even more. I don't know why I'm so loud today. Um, anyway. It's just one of those days. Yeah. Um, anyway. Oh, so, 
Uh, the other night, I did not play with her before bedtime because I was lazy and she was taking a nap on the couch. And I was like, I don't really want to bother. I'm sure it'll be fine. She went crazy all night. I still haven't found my earbuds, which, like, I have wireless earbuds for, exer- like, working out. Um, and I have them, they're, like, in a little charging pod. And she batted <sighs> them. To- Sorry, when I come to pick you up today, can I meet your cat? Yes. Um... We're going on a walk later. Yeah. Take that, um, listener. Take that, listeners. We're going to go outside. <laughs> um, We're going to get sunshine. That that sweet, sweet vitamin D. Um, oh, I'm bleeding a little bit. Vitamin where D. where she bit if, me earlier. If you know what I mean. No, I'm joking. Anyway, um, she uh, knocked my earbuds off the counter and I still have not found them. I assume she played with them until they went under the couch. Um, oh. Anyway, I was getting ready to go. I've been, like, doing some work for my dad, but actually for my grandfather. Anyway, I was getting ready to leave to go meet my dad. And um, I watched her, sh- like, trying and failing to pick up my wallet that I had just set down. And I was like, she's not going to be able to pick it up. It is too large and awkward and heavy for her. Because, you know, I've got all that money in there. (laughs) Actually, it's because I've got a bunch of quarters in there. Um, It's heavy because of quarters. Um, Anyway. As it it should be. I watched her fidget with it and try and pick it up. And I was like, haha, that's funny. And I looked away. And then I heard a noise. And I looked back. And she had it in her teeth. And she made eye contact with me. And then bolted. And it took me 25 minutes to find the wallet where she hid it. Your cat is a monster. She's a little terror, and I love her so much. She's a little, a little rascal. A wonderful little rascal. Um, yeah. Um, shall we get into the articles? Yeah, I was just, I know I said earlier your cat reminds me of Baby Yoda, but I watched the finale with my mom, and I have, I have lots of thoughts, but I won't share them here. Okay. But I have, I have thoughts. Um... Do you want to go first or should I? Um. Jesus. What did you do? I, I need to go investigate. That was so loud. I wonder if Kat keeps this in. It was, in fact, a bunch of ice falling off the roof onto the sidewalk outside. And it scared her and made her yell. As she should. Okay. Um. I can go first if you'd like. Or I can go second. Okay. I wonder if, you can go first, I wonder if this is the time we're going to bring in the same article. Um, let's see. Riddle solved? Nope. Okay. Cape Cod buried treasure found on Brewster Island. Continue, please. Uh, this article is from the Cape Cod Times. It is by Gwen Friss. Um, and it starts with an image and it says, Friends Chris Doyle left and Jack Bicker pose with their treasure chest and Jordan Fowler right whose idea was to organize a treasure hunt. Oh, wait, okay, hang on. I'm sure it's going to I'm sure it's going to say in the article how old the treasure is. Mhm. But is this like treasure treasure? Is this like no. pirate? Oh, okay, never mind. That's fu- I, very fun. I wish I thought it was and that's why I picked the article and then I Excuse me, read the article, and I was like, I still want to talk about this. God, I'm realizing how fucking loud my chair is. Holy mm. cow. 
I should sit in the non-leather, non-squeaky chair. <laughs> um, at noon Friday, Chris Doyle stood on Wing Island in Brewster, surrounded by hundreds of footprints, a dozen shallow holes, and, sadly, a discarded coffee cup, remnants of the treasure hunters who came before him. Lots of people had been there, but I could feel it in my bones. In my bones, Doyle said, raising his voice and dramatically s- slipping into the parlance of pirates. I could feel it was still there. Within hours, Doyle and his friend Jack Vicker, both 28-year-old Brewster residents and outdoor enthusiasts, had found it. A treasure chest that was exchanged for 500 gold-hued Sacagawea coins and an equal donation to Wild Care in Eastham, the charity of their choice. Wait, that's so cool. Um, we buried the treasure a week ago and posted on Facebook December 12th, the hunt's co-coordinator, co-creator Jordan Fowler, 27, said. We thought maybe we'd get five or ten people, but the whole thing blew up. Fowler picked up hundreds of Facebook friends and nearly 200 shares about the hunt, a story the Cape Cod Times and broadcasts on two radio... Oh. 200 shares about the hunt, a story in the Cape Cod Times, and broadcasts on two radio stations. Treasure hunters dug up Fowler's phone number and called day and night with questions. It was hard not to say anything because some people were so close, but we wanted it to be fair to everyone, so we didn't tell anyone anything. Friends find the... uh, Oh, and then there's another article and some images. Um, The treasure map, so to speak, was a riddle written by the hunt's co-planner, Aaron Lynn, author of the Troikia... Troika Fantasy Trilogy, who grew up in Brewster. I've written a lot of these for my own work, but never a general audience like this, Lynn said Saturday in a telephone interview from the home he just bought in Booth Bay Harbor, Maine. It was at Wing Island, so the hardest thing was not using words like bird or wing or island that would make it too easy. Uh, The plan to bury a treasure chest was hatched on Thanksgiving Day because Fowler and Lynn wanted to give back to the community where they had so happily grown up. I don't think you could find an adult my age who didn't grow up dreaming of finding buried treasure, said Fowler, 27, who is now taking over the family business, Arcor Epoxy Technologies in Howitch. I'd swim out there to an island if I thought there was treasure. As it worked out, the guys who found the treasure almost did that. After talking with Vicker and another lifelong best friend, Brewster, goodness gracious, I can't read today. It's okay. After talking with Bicker and another lifelong Brewster friend, Eli Powers, uh, Doyle headed out to Weast. <laughs> Doyle headed out to Wing Island. Unsuccessful on the first outing, he noticed that his feet were getting wet as he crossed back through the marsh behind the Cape Cod Museum of Natural History. Uh, it didn't hit me until I was in Dan's kitchen talking to Dan and Jack that one of the clues in the riddle re- referred to the tide. I was sure. Oh, Doyle said. I was sure it was Wing Island. Doyle and Vicker returned to the march, crossing it, crossing to find it was 1.43 p.m., the exact time of high tide. Doyle plunged into the marsh behind the museum, following the submerged path with water up to mid-thigh as best he could. Vicker followed. In December? Yeah, that's dedication, I guess. Listen, the water on the Cape is already cold enough yeah. as it is. Um, we were there and we were going to do it. So we figured out now's the time. And sure enough, when we came back, there were people right behind us. Working an outdoor adventure, Doyle said fording a flooded marsh at high tide in the middle of December was exhilarating, but he wouldn't do it again or recommend it for anyone else. Good. 
Um, still, if you have done it, he'd like to hear from you on his Instagram, at Chris Doyle Photo. Um, this time, the pair brought I'm a... going sh- to look him up on Instagram. <laughs> this time, the pair brought a shovel and a metal detector. Using the riddle for guidance, they paced off 20 steps from the eastern marker of the island's solar calendar and fired up the metal detector. It was like a movie, Doyle said. When we heard the beep beep, we looked at each other and then passed over it again to be sure. About a foot down, the men found a gold treasure chest about the size of two fists and sealed with both mailing and electrical tape, with a smaller silver chest inside that, um, inside that, a silver bell with a red ribbon. There was a note of congratulations with Fowler's contact info. It was a euphoric moment. We were jumping around, Doyle said. Bicker said of the hunt, it got not only us, but everyone out exploring Cape Cod in a fun way. Earlier in the day, my mom, Leona Bicker, and I were out hunting for it. Something like this is close to the culture on Cape Cod, and I think that's why so many people were drawn to it. Doyle and Bicker chose Wild Care as the local nonprofit to receive $500. Coincidentally, all of their mothers, including Fowler's, had volunteered for the group. Uh, Doyle said he hopes the adventure encourages more people to donate or volunteer with wildlife care groups. As for their own treasure, paid in gold-colored dollar coins, Doyle said he is keeping it. I can't see ever spending it, Doyle said. I want to keep it or keep it so we can sit around and have a laugh about that time we actually, actually found buried treasure. Bicker said he will keep at least a few coins for the treasure chest he already has at home, filled with things he's found while exploring. But he also has his eye on getting a tattoo from Mooncussers in Provincetown. Nice! Every time I walk past Mooncussers, I'm like, I want to get a tattoo there someday. Yeah. I feel uh, that. Fowler said... The adventure worked out so well that local residents and business owners stepped in to ask how they could help do another hunt to benefit local charities. We are forming a nonprofit called the Brewster Boys and hope to have another hunt around Easter, Fowler said, noting that the only drawbacks are the holes treasure hunters left behind. I'm going to be filling up holes for the next year, he said. I didn't expect so many people would be going to the museum near Winning Island. I'm so sorry about that. But he'll have help from some of the other boys of Brewster, who were featured in the Cape Cod Times earlier this month when Doyle, Bicker, and his friends checked the outer Cape coastline. I mean, he should say something about how to win the prize you have to follow LNT procedure. You have to leave no trace. Yeah. He could do that. Um, what I'm this hearing, is so, though, this is, so is that cool there's another catch. one happening in at Easter, and we should go and try and find it. I think I'll still be on campus, but if there's one over oh, the summer... Right. Yeah. There's you one over the summer. School. Yeah. Um, he'll have help from some other boys of Brewster who were featured in the Cape Cod... Oh, we already talked about that. Uh, we love adventure, <laughs> Doyle said. We told him, Fowler, if there are host- holes to fill, call us first. And that's the end of the article. That's fantastic. That's so cool. I've always wanted to find treasure. Me too. Apparently, do you know about, do you know about Forest Fen's treasure thing no he's um he was i believe a professor um and he 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 was basically kind of like indiana jones um he hid a bunch of of treasure in the mountain in the rocky somewhere in the rocky mountains and with a that's like a poem in his um 
like journal basically. Oh, nice. um, it, and it was this huge scavenger hunt that like nobody had been able to find for years and years. Um, but somebody has found it. Um, he Fen himself actually died in September. He was ninety. Um, and his family confirmed that the treasure had been found. Oh, yeah. And, um, it's pretty cool. I, I'm not gonna read most of it, because I, this article, because I don't feel like it. Fair. (laughs) But, like, I've always wanted to find treasure, you know? Yeah. I think this is so cool, and such a great way to get people involved in, like, outdoorsy things. And also just, like, benefiting the community, too. Yeah. The the uh, donation to a charity of your choice is one of my favorite prizes for anything. Like, whenever yeah. people are like, oh, the prize is a donation to the charity of your choice. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think something also that could be cool is if they gave, like, um, gift cards and stuff to, like, local restaurants and shops and oh, things. Oh, yes. As the prizes. We should organize one in the woods. Our town? Yeah, I was going to say the woods near your house. Mm, I don't know if I want people traipsing back there all the time, though, looking for treasure. Fair. I mean, there's they wouldn't go through your yard. There's, like, That's lots true. of legal are, entrances to the area. There are other ways to get there. That's true. But I also don't have any money. That's also true. So when I have money... We yes. get we get local businesses to participate. Yeah, that'd be so fun. This um, is the this is the middle section. Um, if you would have a sponsor, this is where you would go. This is where we talk about you. But seeing as we have no sponsor this week, once again we are sponsored by water. Uh, so drink your water, kids. You're welcome. Incredible. Um, and. Um, have we talked, I know last week we talked about Lobzilla a lot. Yes. But have we talked specifically about the Meg? Because my middle bit section is about the Meg 2, which has been confirmed. Yes. Um, have we specifically, like, talked about the Meg? Because I was talking with my, my friend who I watched the movie with last night, who, this is the friend who's the film podcast, mm-hmm. and he was asking me about, like, 47 meters down and crawl he asked me about crawl which i have not seen Ooh, i've and never seen bo- it either the thing about crawl is i've heard it's 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 an alligator movie mm-hmm. and i've heard it's the production is good mm-hmm. and he a- he asked me about like 47 meters down which I said, that is not a shark movie. That is a movie about sharks. Mm-hmm. There is a difference. Because I don't like good shark... I don't like yeah. good shark movies. I'm not here for quality. I am here <laughs> for fun. Yes, I am here for fun and ridiculous circumstances. And, um... The Meg fits all those boxes. Mm-hmm. I was, I was literally, I was talking to my sister the other day about how much we love shark movies, and she was like, "Oh, have you ever seen that movie? What's it called? It's about the really big shark." And I'm like, "The Meg," and she was like, do you "Yeah." Mean, do and you I was mean, like, "I saw it twice in theaters, my dude." Did you see both? Was it both? Were both times with me? Yes. 
Ugh. I think that's the only movie we've gone to see together twice. Yeah. That, I have, I don't, I can't explain it. It's so, it's the perfect shark movie in my mind. It's the perfect shark movie. Some people, I was talking, he was like, oh, what about Jaws? And I was like, I have controversial opinions about Jaws. I watched it at a very cynical and jaded time in my life as an angsty, like, 13-year-old. I still have never seen Jaws. I've seen chunks of it. I'm sure if I watched it now, it would have more of an impact on me. But I watched it when... I watched it when I had seen enough, like, gory movies that the, the eight, the, I almost said 1850s, the, um, it's not even 1950s, the, the, like, the 1980s special effects Mm -hmm. didn't do it for me, and, and I was very, like, I was like, (laughs) not like other girls, it was that phase of my life. Oh, yes, we've all been there. Oh, my God. Um, so a dark time, and so I didn't. I didn't. I was mostly bored by Jaws mm-hmm. at the time, but I'm sure if I went back and watched it, I would have more of an appreciation for it. Um, but we went to see the Meg. I don't know what prompted us to go see the Meg. I think it was just like this. Looks I because this this was yeah. This wasn't. I know I wanted to see the Meg because I had a fascination with uh, megafauna. Yes, and I think I just wanted to see it because I like Jason Statham. And yeah. my dad was like, Jason Statham can't act. And I was like, yes, he can. One thing. He does one thing very well. My dad once told my sister and I that Keanu Reeves is overrated. And <sighs> we were both, like, personally offended by that. Keanu Reeves is such a good person. And, and, and he is very good at one thing. Just let him be good at his thing, you know? You don't have to... Jason Statham doesn't need to have range. Yeah. I wouldn't want him to, in fact. I don't need, I don't need that from Jason Statham. You know what I need from Jason Statham? Exactly what he provides. That man is perfect for the roles that he is given. And I have to say, The Meg is... The Meg is such a good movie. It, it, it sometimes makes me... Sorry, not a good movie. The the Meg is such an enjoyable movie experience that sometimes it makes me a little angry. <laughs> that makes sense. Where I'm just like, there shouldn't be a movie that is this ridiculous that's this good. You know what movie disappointed me? What? The Prom. I was so excited. I saw the musical, and the musical was so good. And the movie, here's what I'll say. Meryl Streep is a goddess. Obviously. As, as we knew. Um, the cinematography... Can, um... The cinematography and the uh, lighting design... Chef's kiss. Phenomenal. Um, the issue was... They, James Corden? I... He was... Um, uh, I think he was more of a result rather than a cause, honestly. Because uh. I think, in general, the movie tried to be... They didn't want to be offensive, which makes sense. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that. I don't want straight people making jokes about gay people. However, the musical was by gay people for gay people. So there was all this kind of like self-deprecating gay humor. There were a lot of um, 
jokes revolving around the D slur and the S the F slur, which were fine because it was queer people saying them, queer people wrote them, and it like yeah. made and it was for queer people. Were the actors not? I haven't seen it. I haven't really also heard anything about it. Yeah. So the the actors who play the two like young queer girls are both queer, but one big notable notable difference is the actor Caitlin. Oh my god, what is her last name? The actor who plays um, the main character, Emma, in the musical is very... A curvy butch with glasses. Okay. And the... uh, Girl who plays Emma in the movie, while she is queer and I appreciate that, she is kind of a, a slim, femme, uh, no glasses kind of, like, more conventionally attractive. Even though, like, don't get me wrong, Butch Emma is very attractive. She's beautiful. She's adorable. Um, But she's, like, conventionally attractive. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, And they were, like, they they softened all of the edges. So, like, all of the characters who had, like, really bad, angsty relationships with their family were just, like, accepted in the end. Oh. Um, and except Emma. Um, but Emma, so Emma, and then there was the, the whole smiling thing, which is the comment I see the most, where like Emma goes through all of these very traumatic events. She is outed to the entire school, and then the prom is canceled and she is blamed for it. And then she gets repeatedly hate crimed. And the entire time she's just kind of like smiling through the pain. She, like, sings this really sad, beautiful song about her trauma. And, like, the direction in the movie was just, like, just smile through it. Like, Mm. you're crying, but you're also smiling. Mm. And it was just, they they took this very, it was very much, like, kind of an in-joke with gay people. And it was kind of bittersweet. And, like, it was really good, but it was also, like, funny and, like, self-referential and campy. It was very campy. And they were, like let's make this more palatable to straight people. And so they like took out all of the jokes that were like, could be deemed homophobic, even though they were like gay, they were gay jokes. But yeah, but they're, it's like, but it's reclaiming of. Yeah. That's annoying. And I think a big part of it was, I don't, I don't think it was James Corden's fault, but I think they were like, well, we can't have James Corden saying the F slur. (laughs) That would be fucked up. Nope, that'd be really bad. Um, so they just shouldn't have but hired if they had ca- if they had cast like Nathan Lane, it should have been Nathan Lane. I will. It should have been the original Broadway cast all the way through. Though I do love, I, I love all of the stars who were in it. You know, except James James Corden. Um, <laughs> James. Okay, can I say something about James Corden? Mm-hmm. Is, is this is this a controversial opinion? I don't think so. James Corden to me is just some guy, except he's more annoying than just some guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, ugh, he's just some guy. Yeah. You know, that's my reaction to James Corden. He's there, but I don't. He's. Really... I don't think he's like a bad performer no. or anything. I just. I think they cast him in too many things that they could have cast other actors in, and he doesn't yeah. need the money. He's got his. He's got a fucking late night show. He's a late night show and so many fucking ad like sponsorships. Yeah. He's in like Keurig and then like 
a bunch of skin. He doesn't just... need the roles that no gay people do. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about the Meg. Oh yeah, sorry. I just got distracted because I've been thinking a lot about the prom. That's valid. I am so excited for the Meg too. I'm not excited for the fact that uh, the projected release date is 2023. Mm. That's so upsetting. I want more Meg now. <laughs> I'm just glad we're getting more Meg. That's, That's where I'm at. I just don't know what they're. What are they gonna do? Yeah. I, I assume there's going to be another big shark. But, like, how long after is it set? Is well, it gonna it's got to be at least a couple years because they've got the same actor playing the child. <gasps> and she... Back? I yes. believe I believe the article says that. I read the article for the middle bit, unfortunately. I... No, no, no. You're the... You're the re- I was going to talk about this at the beginning because we both have thoughts and feelings about this. I mm-hmm. skimmed it because um, you sent it to me and I, like, was somewhere. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize she was coming back. That's so exciting. She's the best I don't know if she's, movie. like, 100% confirmed, but they said, like, a lot of the cast would be the same. And well, it was, like, implied that she was coming back. Yeah, Jason Statham's coming back. Yeah. Because, um, of course, he is. Because he's a king. Um, I'm so excited. He's amazing. I... Jason Statham is somebody, I have, I feel like I should start making a list of, like, people I want to get on the podcast that are, like, never gonna, never gonna happen unless mm-hmm. things take a dramatic turn in one of our lives. You know? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Unless, some, yeah, unless something big happens, um, or one of them happens to, like, end up listening to this podcast, which would be a wild experience. <laughs> but, like, hey, Lin-Manuel Lin- Miranda listens to the McElroys, so, like, crazier things have happened. Maybe maybe one of our fans will become famous, like what happened with Lin-Manuel yes. Miranda and Mobimbo. Because he was that's... a fan, and then he got famous. Yep. That's great. Yeah. Can you imagine? You know what's weird? I think I mentioned this to you the other day, but you know what's weird? The fact that, like, people listen, people will be listen. and I never thought about this before I started, before we started having a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, people will, like, listen to the podcast while they're, like, in the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we like, talked never, about this. We talked about this on one of our walks. It's weird. Not that I, I was about to say not that I mind, but, like... If you're pooping right now, you have to give us a five-star review on iTunes. That's the rule. That's the rule. Them's the rules. Um, even if you're listening... Also, I realized a lot of people listen on Spotify. Yeah. If you are listening on Spotify, you can still leave us a review on iTunes. Um, and it is much, much, much appreciated. The reviews do help a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we're trying to have a famous podcast or anything but it wouldn't hurt i wouldn't say no yeah i'm not gonna complain um this is this is for fun but you know what else is fun getting sponsors that's true very very true and or like getting, just like talking to people yeah talked about the ideal the only way i would become a housewife is if i was a housewife and a podcaster <laughs> you get the be- no i wouldn't like being a housewife i think i have yeah. to get married first yeah Maybe. Yeah. Um. Oh. Yeah, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You can tweet at us. 
um, at HYHTGN podcast on Twitter or at, what is it, Tangents Only on Twitter? Yeah. Um, which is the name of our network, or you can email us at tangentsonly at gmail.com. Yep. Or hyhtgnpodcast at gmail.com. I don't know how regularly we are checking those. I'm going to check them both right now. Nice. Um, So, yeah, you can contact us through those, by those means. Send us an article or your thoughts or suggestions, or if for some reason in the first 20, in, in the first... 14 episodes we have you are famous and you want to be on the podcast um that'd be cool god wouldn't that be weird very it'd be so weird it'd be a surreal moment i had a thought the other day about like if i meet somebody who i am who is very famous i just had the thought of like you know what my only reaction would be like this is too overwhelming i feel like I'm, i'm probably gonna like pass out you know not that I'm like a I'm not like a crazy obsessed fangirl although there's no problem with that but like remember when I cried in front of Dante Bosco when I met him at a con I don't think I was there for that but probably not I understand I get it um speaking of like fans and fandom Mm -hmm. my article this week Okay. I would like to I would like to point out that I have a problem with this article. Okay. I dis in that I fundamentally disagree with it. Okay. Not what the article is about, but the the way the article is written. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you heard about this, but Shrek has been inducted into the National Film Registry. Yes. This article written by Rebecca Alter, who I disagree with, I disagree with her. Mm-hmm. Um, it is as follows. Every year, the Library of Congress's National Film Registry chooses 25 historical, cultural, or aesthetically significant films to be marked for preservation. This year's inductees date as far back as 1913 and include seven movies by filmmakers of color, nine directed by women, as well as a Stanley Kubrick classic, a landmark superhero film, and Shrek. And it's written in italics, because it's the name, which I only just realized. Um, and then they go on to say, yes, it only took 800 movies to get it, but the National Film Registry has finally deemed the 2001 fartcom Shrek worthy of saving for posterity. Standing beside the likes of Ida Lupino's Outrage, 1950, Sidney Poitier's performance in Lilies of the Field, 1963, Melvin Van Peebles' Pebbles, Melvin Van Peebles' Sweet, uh, Sweet, Sweet, Sweetback's Badass Song, 1971, and Catherine Bigelow's Best Picture winner, The Hurt Locker, 2008, is a kid's movie where the villain's name sounds like fuckwad. Yeah, it does. Um, other popular inductees include a, Co- a Clockwork Orange, which is a movie I have seen and have no desire to ever view again. Um, Grease, uh, The Blues Brothers, uh, The Joy of Luck Club, and The Dark Knight. The Library of Congress's Carla Hayden said in a statement, With the inclusion of diverse filmmakers, we are not trying to set a record, but rather to set we are not trying to set records, but rather to set the record straight by spotlighting the astonishing contributions women and people of color have made to American cinema, despite facing often overwhelming hurdles. 
TCM will air a special showcasing this year's inductees on Tuesday, December 15th. Is that today? Nope, that was last week. Um, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Below is the full list of 2020 inductees. Now, mm-hmm. here is my problem with this article. Shrek is a groundbreaking film. Yes, it is. And also very, very, very important in the world of filmmaking. Yeah. Was it you? You so were the one who one was of the my professor. professors in college, my the head of the film history department at my college, who is very re- well respected in the film critic historian spheres, once gave a speech at a big fancy event um, where he said that all of cinema can be divided into before Shrek and after Shrek because Shrek was a landmark film which fundamentally changed all cinema, but especially children's cinema. Yes. And as somebody who over quarantine rewatched Shrek and Shrek 2 with my mother, those films hold up better than most animated kids, most animated and most kids films of that era. And still now. And also, I would just like to say, how demeaning is it to forget that Shrek was the first ever best animated picture winner? It was the first film ever to win Best Animated Picture. Are you kidding me? What did, what did, normally I don't have, like, beef with the writers of the articles that we read, but come on, Mm -hmm. Vulture? Are you serious? This, we, yes, his name sounds like fuckwad, but that's part of the point. Yeah. That's part of the appeal. That's part of the appeal. And it also, I don't think Shrek talks down to its audience at all. Mm-hmm. It is a very sends a very important message, in fact, not just about like loving yourself, but mm-hmm. also about like not caring what other people think of you and knowing that you still have value despite what other people believe. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I like I will like never forget the first time I saw Shrek and the realization that her true form was as an ogre. Like it's a powerful fucking groundbreaking. As a 21 year old watching that movie, I still had like a, that the end of that movie when she is an is it her true form is an ogre. The end of that movie, holy shit. Chills. Tears. Yep. It's so good. And it's not and it's not just about like, oh, true love will be the reason you love yourself. It's about in the end, she decided to stop caring what other people thought about her. I also there's that scene where they're first starting to fall for each other and she confides in Donkey how much she yes. hates herself and Shrek thinks it's about him. Like, Mm -hmm. she's just going on and on about how much she hates herself, and he thinks it's about him, and that's just so powerful. Because when you talk badly about yourself, if you share characteristics with somebody else, you're also hurting them. It was also nominated for Best Original Screenplay. God, it's such a good and important movie 
Um, all of the good messages are there, which I appreciate. But the reason that it's so important, I think, is because of like the meta humor and the the oh, like kind yeah. of refer- referential humor. I'm because- sorry, nobody would care about All Star by Smash Mouth if it wasn't for the beginning of this movie. This movie is a parody. This movie is such a blatant parody of of like the Disney princess era films in the most wonderful way possible. The opening of it is literally Shrek wiping his ass with a fairy tale. Yeah. It's also like, um, it's, I feel like, like growing up, we had post Shrek. We had a lot of movies that were like kind of funny and meany and self-referential and referenced other movies. Like, do you think Wreck-It Ralph would have, or Wreck-It Ralph, whatever the sequel, the one with all the princesses, Ralph would have the internet. <clears throat> would have a scene where all of the Disney princesses are hanging out, like being, like weird, and like quirky. If it weren't for Shrek having Pinocchio, yeah. Not only Pinocchio, I would also just like to say, like. The performances of that are so, are so good as well. Like, Shrek and Donkey, Eddie Murphy and Mike Myers had such good chemistry in those, in that movie. And also, I would just like to say, it's also about, like, the importance of friendship. Because the the first time that Shrek is able to actually, like, open up to somebody is when he's talking to Donkey, and, like, Donkey is the reason that Shrek is able to inevitably, eventually accept himself for who he is. Like, it's, it's, this article, yes, his, I said this earlier, but yes, his name is Fuckwad, but, like, don't you see? That's part, that's part of what makes it so good, is there's all these references. And like, the messages so- are amazing, and I cannot, that cannot be overstated, but I feel like the reason that it feels so important now is because it paved the way for like a different kind of kids movie that wasn't super basic and like talking down to kids. I have to say one of my favorite scene in the first Shrek movie is right when they're getting to do lock and there's the, (laughs) the ropes. Yeah. And instead of going through the ropes, he just goes, he goes straight directly through them. Like, we all want to do. And you know Duloc like, is a parody of Disneyland. Like. Yes. With the ropes such- and the animatronics and the, like, taking your picture. It's so, it's so funny every single time I see it. It just, it holds up so well. It deserves its place in the Library of Congress. Yeah. And I know it's been, like, memed to hell. Yeah. Because it's it's an easily... This movie was made to have memes made about it before meme this culture movie was really a thing. was one of the... One of the cornerstones, I think, of the, the meme culture. Because the movie yeah. itself was, like, pre-meme culture, but there are so many, like memes within the movie it's so it it's so self-referential too and yeah. it's so it is so self-aware of exactly what it is which is why it's so good and let's be honest shrek 2 is also very good it slaps shrek 2 is a great sequel shrek the third never happened 
Um, <laughs> and, but people say that the fourth Shrek movie, Shrek Forever After, is actually a very good wrap-up to the it. series. Neither have I. I, I follow a, a video essay person who does exclusively animated film, and he has a whole one about why Shrek Forever After is... He says the best film in the franchise. I want to marathon Shrek now. Let's do it. Um, what is God. stopping us? The Rona. But, like, what else? Yeah. <laughs> this is... I like, love Shrek. It's so... I feel like this episode is not has not been particularly, like, lots of barrels of laughs, but I'm very passionate about this. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about Shrek. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite stupid joke from Shrek off the top of your head? Um, oh, I really like, I mean, it's kind of like, it's a, it's a bit of a running joke. I really like all of the subversive musical stuff. Like every time you think they're about to break into song, somebody gets the shit kicked out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking specifically about, like, Robin Hood. Um, but I also, like, um, I really, uh, I'm trying to think. You go first. You If you have one. I, off the top of my head, the first thing that comes to mind is Donkey's Determination. Ugh. And, like, it's, it's beautiful because it kind of shows, like, a breaking down of walls and it's a very important relationship dynamic. But it's also, like, one of my favorite running jokes is Donkey's enthusiasm because it's just so joyful. And then Shrek's like, mm-hmm, sure, Donkey. That was that was my Shrek impression. Good. As it should be. Um, but I just, I, the moment that really, like, I think about forever is he's like, uh, when he's talking about how they were going to have a sleepover and he goes, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. Like, Ugh. the joy there is so pure and wonderful. My other favorite is when they're torturing the gingerbread man. And oh they're, my they're god. All his buttons. <laughs> oh my god. Like, yeah. what is that supposed to equate? Is that like pulling off a piece of clothing? Or is that is like fin- pulling off like fingers? What is that? Why is it so funny? Why do I think to this day of the phrase, do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? The Muffin Muffin Man. Man. She's married to the Muffin Man who lives on Dairy Lane. Like. Oh my God. So funny. To this Um, day. It makes me crack up. I couldn't even think of the scene without laughing. Oh my god, I'm looking at, like, a list of, it's like a list of, um, jokes you never got as a kid mm-hmm. from Shrek, and one of them is there, um, the parking lot sign in Duloc is, you are parked in Lancelot, which is very, very good. Um, my favorite is the, the, one of my favorite types of jokes is the anticipated bad word kind of joke. Mm-hmm. So the, mm-hmm. the song that's like... Do not walk on the grass, shine your shoes, wipe your face. face. Like, that, as a child, was the funniest thing I had ever so heard. so funny. Oh, I think the, the, that'll do donkey. 
Yes. The, it's just, it's... Uh, there's so many things about it that just... It is, if I may say, basically an Edgar Wright movie for kids. I would agree with that. It's I also, Cornetto I really Trilogy-esque. I really, really, really liked the... um um At the wedding where they have... They have action cards for the the audience at the wedding. I don't know what they're called at a wedding. Um, so good. God, I just remembered the the thing with the steel chair. Yeah. Oh my god, it's god. just it's so clever but it's also it's good for kids but it really does not talk down to its audience which it is something not. i appreciate because i think that's a problem with like other movies that try to be super self-referential like the fucking emoji movie which i have seen it's so there was i don't know if i've talked about this there is exactly one good joke in the emoji movie one joke where i was sitting there and i was watching and i was like huh fun Set up punchline, delivered, nailed it. Mm-hmm. And it was the devil emoji is talking to the angel emoji about setting up a timeshare. <laughs> He's like, So, do you want to set up your timeshare in Hawaii or Mexico? Um, and I thought, See, that, that is a well crafted and executed joke. I. And that was the only one. I'm, like, thinking a lot about, um, so, like, a lot of times with movies, the, like, structure of the movies is very, like, especially kids' movies, it tends to be really straightforward, especially princess movies, which is why I think, I think Shrek, post-Shrek, and I, I, I haven't, like, studied this particular element at all, but I think after Shrek, a lot of studios were like, oh, we don't have to talk down, like, we don't have to treat our audience like they know nothing. Like, we can have, like, more intricate plots than premise. Like, like we can have something that's more complicated than once upon a time there was this princess, and then something tragic happens, and then she went up against the odds, or the prince went up against the odds for her, and then mm-hmm. they kissed, and it was great. Like, mm-hmm. we can do, like nuance for kids i'm looking at tweets about shrek right now like pre-shrek pixar did this and like some japanese studios especially studio ghibli did this but i think for the most part kids movies didn't really have a lot of nuance to them i think some of the earlier so road to el dorado came was the movie that came out directly before but road to el dorado was also a dreamworks film yeah so yeah. yeah, I'm reading this tweet about Shrek that Netflix tweeted. Netflix, official Netflix US account tweeted this. You have $15 to spend on the perfect man. $300 is well read. $200 smells terrific. $400 snappy dresser. $10 fights for the love of his life. $4 has a solid relationship with his best friend. $1 is Shrek. $500 is human. I love Very that. Good. 
Very good. God. I'm so glad that Shrek is finally, or not finally, I mean, it did get an Oscar, but I'm so glad that it's, like, getting its, uh, its official, uh, remembrances i guess preserved forever in the library of congress Um, and people have been making jokes about like haha shrek is in the library of congress and it's like as it yes yes it is like i know we all think haha shrek all-star smash mouth ha 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 but you know it's a great movie. Also, can I just say, can I just say, the fact that they ended that song with I'm a Believer, it's like I'm a Believer was fucking written for Shrek, you know? Yeah. I thought love was only true in fairy tales. Are you kidding me? Mwah! Mwah! That movie is, the movie is great. God. And Shrek 2 is also very good. I just, I have a, I... The Shrek 2, I Need a Hero. Yeah, like, (laughs) I think some of the best musical covers were in the Shrek 2 special edition DVD. Like, I still sometimes think about Shrek 2's cover of I Need a Hero. Oh, yeah. All the time. It's the best version. It's a bop. It's so... I... Did you have the Shrek 2 DVD? I also love... I think I did. I did you do the Fairy like Godmother. karaoke bonus features? I'm sure. I'm sure we probably. I think about those together. all the time. Yeah. the The other thing is Fairy Godmother, such a good villain. Oh yeah, she's like, so good. What an iconic twist on like a classic trope: taking the Fairy Godmother and making her into like a manipulative, controlling mother. I I just I love it. It brought Funky Town that move Shrek Two brought Funky Town into my life. Yeah. Also, I think um, probably the most meme scenes, but one of the scenes that like gets better as you age is when Shrek tries to unionize the fairy godmother's employees. Yes. Like, hell yeah. We we are we are here for protecting the rights of workers. Also, that movie said trans rights, if I do remember correctly. Perhaps. I don't remember that. Or rights for drag queens. Perhaps. Um, It's... Oh, speaking of trans rights, congrats to Eddie Izzard on her new pronouns. Um, I hadn't heard about that. Thank you for telling me. Eddie Izzard is now exclusively using she, her pronouns. And in the interview, she said she would like to switch into girl mode for a while. Or something like that. Or focus on girl mode. Good for her. Yeah, no, I hadn't heard that. Thank you for telling me. Let me find the exact quote, because it was really funny. (laughs) Also, I didn't know, so initially they had somebody else who was going to record... Chris Farley of SNL was originally going to be the voice of Shrek, but then he passed away before he could finish recording, so they got Mike Myers. And then, like, three weeks after they finished doing initial recording, he finished doing all of his recording for Shrek. He said, no, 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 this needs to be with the Scottish accent. I need to do this, but make it Scottish. Um, And so, apparently, the studio spent, like, $100 million reanimating Shrek to make him... Scottish, which, such a good decision. So happy DreamWorks allowed that to happen. Not to do a third article, but I would just like to dive in real quick. 
onto Eddie Izzard because I'm very Go happy for, for her. Um, Go for it. So she she went on Port- Portrait Artist of the Year and revealed that from now on, she's only going to be using she, her pronouns and wants to be based in girl mode from now on. I'm not going to read the whole article, but there are some notable quotes. Good for um, her. Uh, she So she was like, I'm trying to do things that I think are interesting. This is the first program I've asked if I can be she and her. This is a little transition period for me. Um, uh, well, it feels great because people assume that they just know me from before, but I'm gender fluid and I just want to be based in girl mode from now on. I love her. Um, and then it's... Uh, Yeah. Oh, she was she was saying how um, back in 85, everyone said, no, hide about it. And I thought they were all wrong. And I'm here to say that they were. And I just I love her. She's she's one of the funniest comedians, in my opinion. It's been so long since I've listened to any of her stuff. But um, her bit about being learning French is one of the funniest things in the world to me. Um, Have you heard this? What? Her, her bit about uh, learning French. Yes. And yes. she's like, they taught me three three phrases. The cat is on the chair, the mouse is under the table, the monkey is on the branch. When is that useful? Exactly. I... Oui, le I don't speak any... I don't speak French anymore. Yeah. But... Oh, did I have a fun fact for this week? Um, fun... Fun fact for me this week is that I did not hurt myself shoveling snow. Nice. My fun fact is, um, oh, I had something. I got nothing. Is it that your cat stole your wallet? My cat did steal my wallet. Yeah. That's, that's my fun fact. My, my cat is a menace. (laughs) A wonderful, wonderful madness who I can't wait to meet. Um, so in in that case, um, I have been Sophia. Well, I we need to summarize per- the good news. Oh shit! You're correct. You have You're heard absolutely- the good news about treasure hunting and Mary Lambert's album and my cat stealing my wallet and the Happy Meg season. Two happiest season. Um and Shrek. And as Eddie Azard. Yeah. I think that's it. Uh, me not hurting myself. Yeah. Um, so I'm that, gonna meet you. I, I mean, you've you've heard the good news. That's You you have sufficiently heard the good news. I am Sophia, I use she her pronouns. I am Catter Dylan and I use they them pronouns. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Also, for those oh. of you who celebrate, Merry Christmas. Because that just happened yesterday when this episode goes up. Because it's going up on the 26th. Wouldn't even have been able to tell you when it was, apart from the 25th. I know that. I know that it happens on a day. Yeah. Sometimes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, goodbye. Thank you for listening. Bye, listeners. Love you. Bye.